We're back to the Neil Haley Show here on the Caregiver Dave Celebrity Segment. And I'm excited to welcome the program, Caregiver Dave. Dave, how are you? I like, you know, we just continue to have interesting guests. But when I read this guy's accolades, I was absolutely blown away. And I mean, I know the song that we're going to be talking about, but we're going to be talking about much more. So go ahead and introduce our guest. DJ, (laughs) my gosh, I grew up with this guy. 70 million albums worldwide, five-time Grammy, Grammy Hall of Fame. I mean, I can go on and on, but uh, let me just introduce B.J. Thomas. Welcome hey. to the show. Hey, thank how you doing? Glad, glad to be you, here. Uh, thank you for the memories. Thank you for everything. What? Who, just who is B.J. Thomas, uh, and why were you put on this earth, do you feel like? I mean, that, that seems like a dumb question because we all know the answer, but I want to hear you say it. Well, you know, I always, uh, uh, always had the, the the desire to sing, and ever since I was like a tight a little, a little guy. But who I am is just a, I'm just a guy like you, and I'm a husband and a, and a father, and that's what I was put here for. But there's a lot, there's a lot of me in my music now after all these years. So uh, that's just something I always had a had a burning desire to do, and. Uh, it not, even even when I got in my first, we we formed our first band. Uh, you know, it, I had never really even thought through the fact that I was going to have to get up in front of maybe a, a lot of people and sing, and uh, so I, I never even thought about that. And maybe I was just in denial. But that first that first gig when I went out and there were all these people, I I had to start thinking about it and learning how to do it. You know. Did you always think, BJ, that that when you when you you were going to be this famous? No, you know we had the band together. We uh, because we admired a a band called the Traits, Roy Head and the Traits, and we wanted to have a band like them. So we got the band together in '58, and we just dreamed that hey, maybe one day we'll have a hit record. But you know, we knew we would never. You know, we knew we weren't going to ever have a hit record. That it, but, but it was just a dream and. Uh, Sure enough, uh, after a certain number of years, we did. I had my first hit in '65, and uh, um, I went out. Went out on the road. My first gig was with James Brown. Um, uh, I went out and wow. toured with James, James Brown for a couple of weeks because they thought I was a they thought I was a black singer. They thought I was an R and B singer, and which was great with me because they, those guys were my heroes: Ray Charles and Bobby Bland and. Jackie Wilson and those guys. So uh, anyway, I worked with most of the most of the great R and B singers for about three or four years, and then you know eventually ended up with Dick Clark and, and kind of got my identity straight. You know. <laughs> so what was your first hit? Uh, it was a, a, a Hank Williams song. I'm so lonesome I could cry. It was a million seller for me in the 1966. So yeah. So I just so really, hmm? you know, you're probably the most well known for raindrops keep falling on my head because of the movie. How did that come about? Yeah, well, you know, I was recording in Memphis, <clears throat> Tennessee, and I was doing good in Memphis. I was making hit some hit records, and I just recorded "Hooked on a Feeling," and that, that was a big record for me. And uh, the, the the label came to me and, and uh, said, "BJ, with you and Gloria, I just we just got married." Uh, uh, they said, "Will you and Gloria move move to New York City?" And uh, uh, she said, "If you'll move up 
to, to New York, uh, I think I can get you a session and a song with the Burt Backrack and Hal David. Wow. So, you know, that sounded really good to me. And so I, uh, we moved up and I started kind of, uh, you know, going by uh, Mr. Backrack's apartment once or twice a week. And we would, uh, you know, look at songs and, uh, and go over songs. And then, uh, you know, before in just a couple of months, uh, the, you know, the Butch Cassidy thing mm -hmm. came up, the bicycle scene. And, uh, you know, he gave me a shot to do it. And, uh, you know, wow. Uh, so so where did the song come from? Did you already have it? Or did somebody write it for you? Or was it, yeah, it no, just uh, uh, Burt Bacharach composed the music and he was doing the soundtrack and the score for uh, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. And uh, he had had an idea. He just kept thinking raindrops. And so Hal David was the guy that wrote the lyrics. And he's a guy that just wrote from his heart. And anyway, he took the, took the raindrops and wrote the song. And of course, they put it with the with the bicycle scene and Paul Newman and Catherine Ross riding the bicycle as a, as Butch Cassidy. And, uh, you know, it just uh, it was a beautiful thing. I went, I went out to California. We did the thing to the bicycle scene and then uh, we redid, we recut the song about six weeks later and that became the number one, number one record. Wow. Do you so, write and, your own songs? You know, I I write very little. That's probably the big shortcoming in my uh, in my career, and probably the reason I've been kind of quiet for the last few years is I I don't write like I should. But I am at the moment at this right now. I'm I'm writing, and uh, you know, trying to come up with some stuff. I had a session in Muscle Shoals, Alabama, on the fifteenth of this month, and I had to, of course, postpone that and set it back a little bit. But yeah, that's it's motivated me to. To write, but I haven't written that much over my career. So let's talk a little bit more about the song with raindrops <clears throat> falling on my head. What is the premise for it in the way, based on the movie, but kind of explain more of uh, the thought process of what it's trying to tell the story? Well, you know, in the, in the movie, of course, uh, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid are, are outlaws, and they're always being chased by the Pinkerton uh, people. <laughs> And uh, they hook up with, in uh, New York City with Etta Chase, who was, uh, um, she was a woman, I guess, both of them uh, were in love with. And at the time of uh, the Raindrops song, they are not being chased, and they found a farmhouse and a place where they can have a little peace and not be on the run. And uh, Butch Cassidy is uh, giving Etta Chase a ride on a bicycle, and it, and uh the song raindrops plays and it's it's about it's about the hey the rain may fall on your head and uh, it's going to fall mm -hmm. on everyone's head but if you're free uh, you don't have that big a worry you know so that's basically what it was about and then, of course backrack and david they kind of created that whole scenario where uh, of, of the of the great movie <clears throat> songs of course there was mancini and other people but backrack and david I think made it uh, made it a situation where there were really some great songs in the movies, and not just something worded about the characters. You know. Wow, what luck, or or maybe you were just blessed being in the right place at the right time. Yeah, I kind of was. I was with Scepter Records, and and uh, uh, Mr. Backrack was a big part of Scepter Records. He was part owner, and uh, their mainstay artist was a Dion Warwick. Mm -hmm. And uh, of course, Backrack and David wrote and produced most of her classic hit records. And uh, 
you know, I had seen him at, at the office in New York and I saw how cool he was and how handsome and charming. And I thought I was just always in awe of this guy. And, uh, and so to get to work with him was, um, was incredible. And it, it had a lot of iffy moments. Uh, everything turned out perfect with raindrops, even though I had a, an acute case of laryngitis when uh, we recorded the bicycle scene and I barely was able to sing it. Like, I think we sang it through four or five times. Uh, but Bert, uh, he never mentioned my throat uh, that I did. He, he liked the way it sounded, so it worked out pretty good. <laughs> now, it's interesting, DJ, when you talk about, you know, the song, but you had five Grammys. So your fans, talk a little bit about, I mean, the five Grammys, how awesome it was. So it's not just, you're not just a one-hit wonder. Just bringing this up for people that, you know, yeah. that are young, because I, I have a young hip audience, different things, not just, you know, yeah. oh, and, that, that kind of question really wants to come out. It's like, you know. Yeah. And, you know, I'm one of those artists. Uh, I'm not I'm not the kind of guy who's always looking for the spotlight. I don't I'm not trying to be the number one guy in the world. Um, I love to do music, but, uh, you know, just chasing the fame and I'm always, you know, being chasing that thing was something I, I got tired of years ago. And we, I semi-retired in 1976 and uh, cut my schedule way back. And, we, of course, we had we had three kids. We had two kids after that. And, uh, you know, that my family has been, um, you know, my essence. But uh, I've had a lot of hit records. Uh, um, I've been very lucky with that. And then uh, coming out of my kind of, semi-retirement period uh i cut a gospel album and i had been uh for years i had had dr uh, drug and alcohol problems and uh uh so when i we stopped working it was that how, that was a big reason why and uh during that that time off i kind of came to my senses and i got i, I woke up and and uh um, anyway, I made a I made a gospel record, and it became the first uh, platinum record in gospel history. And I actually had the first four platinum records in uh, gospel history, and uh, that's what I got my Grammys for. And uh, you know, if you're not if you're not into in the gospel, then you don't even know it's there. So I had no idea yeah. there was even that interest industry there. And then I came kind of came back to uh, you know real real music uh, in the in the early eighties and I had a few number one country records and, uh, uh, you know, uh, I've had, I've had a good career. Uh, you know, I've, I've been very lucky. I worked with some of the great writers of my generation, Barry Mann and Cynthia Weil, uh, who wrote, you've lost that love and feeling. And they wrote, just can't help believe in a rock and roll lullaby for me. And of course I worked with Burt Backrack and Hal David and Mark James, the guy that wrote suspicious minds wrote hooked on the feeling for me. So, I've been uh, I've been lucky. I'm worth uh, just Google me, you know. <laughs> yeah. What what an amazing career! Uh, how fortunate you are. Uh, how do you how do you stay married to the same woman for how many years? <laughs> Fifty fifty two years. Well, wow. I think the question is how does she stay how does she <laughs> stay with me? Because uh, uh, I I put her through hell. I tell you, uh, there were years uh, I was. I was pretty, my life was pretty tough, but, uh, you know, she, uh, always, we never gave up on each other. She, we're still in love and, uh, and, uh, she helped me, uh, see myself for who I really was. And, 
And, uh, you know, we survived all that and we're still together. Huh? Stand by your man. How, how is, how has faith played a part in, you know, your recovery and, and your marriage and your life? Yeah. Yeah. We do. We do have a, a faith that, you know, I, I think we all need a faith in something. You know, we, uh, uh, we're not religious people. Um, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not, never could really make religion work for me. And I'm not sure religion really works, but, uh, it does for some people, but you know, we kind of go by, I kind of go by the golden rule. I mean, I try to treat people the way I'd like for them to treat me. And, uh, and, uh, and I live by, try to live by that principle. How important was it your wife standing, being by your side to overcome drugs and alcohol? Well, it was really, really the most important thing. And we had been separated a few times and, uh, you know, it got too much for both of us a time or two, but, uh, she, uh, you know, she basically had a, had a spiritual awakening and, uh, and, uh, and she helped me have the same awakening to, to wow. the fact that the, the, you know, the spiritual es- essence of, of everything is, is the only is the only meaning that it really has. And so we love, we love the music. Uh, but that's, I, I can't just live off of record sales. And, uh, um, so she, she was a big part of that. And, uh, I owe her everything. Mm-hmm. Wow. So you're celebrating 50 years of music, 50 years of marriage. What a life. How you feeling? You in good health? <laughs> I'm feeling really good. Yeah. I'm in great health. I mean, I know we're caught in this, uh, this crazy thing here, but uh, we're having to, you know, try to concentrate uh, and, and go by the rules and get through that. But, uh, you know, I've had a great life. I've always, uh, you know, I'll, prob- I'll probably pass away next week, but I've been, <laughs> I've always been in good shape and, um, and um, I feel good. Uh, you know, I keep, uh, keep my head up and that's uh, what I recommend for people is to, Keep your head up, even when it gets tough. And you know this thing we're going through now is crazy, uh, but uh, we'll we'll get through it like we always do. How tough if is we if we follow some rules? You know? How tough is it for you for performing, not being able to perform in front of a crowd? Well, it, it is kind of tough, and I'm, I I kind of really stress on the stress on my band, and uh, along with worrying about my family and staying healthy, but. You know, I, along with the burning desire you have to do music, it's the only way you can do it is if, if you're just uh, totally all in on it. Uh, I really miss the road. I'm, I've been on the road, you know, since I was 15. And uh, so I, I'm, I'm really looking forward to getting back to that when it's safe for everyone. Yeah. I'm curious how this all started. I mean, uh, how young were you when you picked up uh, a guitar or an instrument or you started singing and, and uh, how did it all start? Well, we got, you know, they tell me I've, I've always been a singer ever since I was a, you know, an infant, you know, it's very young <laughs> that I always was singing, but I, a, a group of my buddies, my brother's friends, I really didn't know them until I went to the first little rehearsal. We were all 15 years old and we got a band together called the Triumphs. And, uh, you know, we just dreamed of having a hit record one day and we knew we never were going to have one, but, uh, uh, we, we just wanted to do that music, have that, have that rock and roll band. And, uh, and that's how it got started. I met, I was, I was fortunate enough to meet Bobby Bland when I was a very young, a kid and um, 
he was like a mentor to me and, and mm -hmm. uh, um, I loved him and we just, uh, hey, we just started playing, the, we played out in the boondocks, we played big dances, teenage dances. And, uh, you know, we were too young to play nightclubs and things like that. So we always just played the, the big uh, boondock dances out there in, uh, in the country. And, who, were your, uh, who were your heroes? Who were you listening to back in those I days? Was, my hero was a guy named Roy Head. He had a record called Treat a Right mm -hmm. uh, ba back in the day. I want to tell you a story. Dun, 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 dun. Every man ought to know. I don't know if oh, you remember that. Love but, that, uh, but yeah. he, he's still my uh, he's one of my best friends but he was a big yeah, hero of mine, along with bobby bland and uh, jackie wilson mm. was uh, maybe my biggest inspiration and you know i had a lot of guys i looked up to now so that's very interesting looking at the people you looked up to all those different things but you brought up a big break you've met the right person right time is that part of life in a lot of ways is just being open to opportunity and not a lot. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I think if you keep your, you know, if you, if, I've just always been the kind of, uh, I've had my moments, but the, you know, good things happen if you, if you, if you're in the moment and you, you keep your head up and uh, that's what, you know, I, of course I met Gloria uh, when she was 17 and we got married when she turned 18 and that was always a good thing for me. A big moment for me was I was about 13 years old, something like that, and I heard a Jackie Wilson record, a song called To Be Loved. And uh, it, it, it was such an emotional song. It opened my mind to the, to the way that music could be so expressive and could be so emotional and important in how you felt. And, uh, and he sounded like he believed everything he was singing. And so that, that I purposed it a, when I, at a very young age, to to mean what I was singing and not just sing something uh, for any other reason that, that that I connected with it personally, and I kind of stood by that uh, criteria most of my career. So that's great. Yeah, you know, BJ, the industry has changed so much. Uh, the old rules don't apply anymore. What uh, advice do you give to new musicians who are thinking about jumping in? Yeah, well, I think uh, keep it personal. You know, if you're a songwriter, uh, write about write about yourself and what you're doing and what you feel, and then you don't ever have to try to get an idea anywhere else. You you already you have your your own perspective, and I think it's very important. And I was very fortunate to that this happened to me that I got in a band when I was 15. If you're starting, if you're just starting and you want to be a singer or a writer or something performer try try to get in a band because then you learn how to hold your end up and you learn what it's like to be in a band and you learn what it's like to be in front of people and mm. uh th those two things will keep it personal and that'll, that'll take you a long way <laughs> so that's a device now dave has a final question and it's involving caregiving so dave go ahead and ask that question yeah, you know, uh, I was just a normal guy for many, many years. And then uh, one day my wife complains about a headache, turns into a uh, stroke, loses her speech, becomes paralyzed on one side. And we, uh, we struggled for a couple of years, but we, we hung in there. And now uh, we help other caregivers, you know, survive because many of them, 30% die before their loved ones do. Yeah. I wrote this book and... Um, just trying to help people, you know, not die, not, uh, you know, stay out of the hospital. I believe everyone is either going to become a caregiver or going to need a caregiver. Absolutely. Uh, no one, yeah. So, I believe like, that. you know, I started this website, caregiverdave.com, 
just to help caregivers to thrive and not just survive caregiving. Uh, how has it touched your life? Do you know, you have family members, parents, grandparents. Well, yeah, I mean, we're well, all getting absolutely. I mean, there are, there's always a time uh, that will come earlier uh, years ago. So uh, 15, 20 years ago, I kind of became a caretaker for my brother, Jerry, uh, mm-hmm. who had, he was, had been a polio victim when he was young, but he survived it. But then, uh, you know, he got polio syndrome and he had certain surgeries and he used to, he lived with me for a, a few years. Mm-hmm. And I found out what it was like to, to care for somebody in that, in that way. And it's, you know, it's not easy. You really, you have to love someone uh, to, to kind of give them the care that they need. And my wife has just had to bypass surgery last year. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it was important for me to be there for her and to take care of her and look after her. So, you know, it comes up in your life. I'm sorry to hear about your wife, but you know, that uh, those things happen. And uh, you, believe me, you really were rewarded for being there for somebody in that capacity. It's very meaningful. Yeah. yeah. Yes, she's doing great. Yeah, she's still doing great, and they're traveling the country together. So it's a tremendous story. Oh, great! Yeah, beautiful. Yeah, yeah. BJ, I'll have to check that out. Uh, Great story. Uh, Now, projects for you, BJ. What are the newest projects? You talk about celebrating raindrops keep falling on our head, but what else? Anything else? Well, um, as I probably mentioned, it I had a uh, had a session scheduled uh, for the middle of July for Muscle Shoals, uh, Alabama. And uh, Dan Penn and Billy uh, Lawson, great songwriters, uh, we were going in the studio and record and make some new music. And, uh, and uh, so that's, that's the next project I'm really looking forward to doing. I'm going to do the, go do my one-nighters and be with my band and things, but uh, I'm really looking forward to going in. We've got some really good songs, and, uh, you know, that's going to be fun. We had to, of course, reschedule it, but we're all in on it as soon as we – as soon as it's safe to get out there. Okay. Yeah. BJ, great. Again, we wanted to thank you again for being on the show. I wanted to say, well, how are you celebrating BJ? Uh, raindrops keep falling on our head with the anniversary and stuff. What? Oh man, I'm always, I'm always celebrating, but I'm not, nothing big, nothing, nothing big. You know, we're just, uh, <laughs> uh, we're enjoying being together. We've had some really good times, even though we've been quarantined. Uh, so we don't have any really big plans, but I'm, I'm pretty sure that the, when I go back, go back to performing, that will people will be, will all be involved in the, in celebrating the song again. But uh, you know, right right now we're dealing with staying healthy. Exactly. And do you have a website, BJ? Yes, uh, bjthomas.com, bjthomas.com, and then we've got Facebook is the BJ Thomas. The Facebook is the BJ Thomas, and the Instagram is the same. So, all right. Well, fabulous. Thanks for stopping by, and no, no way you can get you a little bit of the note of raindrops keep falling on our head. Could you give us a Oh, sure. Okay. Raindrops are falling on my head, and just like the guy's feet are too big for his bed, nothing seems to fit. Those raindrops are falling on my head, and they keep falling. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> All right. That was awesome. All right, PJ. I guess we are here. Yeah, Dave. All right, Dave. All right, guys. That was the Haley Show, guys. Take care. Thank you. Bye-bye. Okay, brother.